The Florida Panthers controlled play for most of Thursday night's game, but puck luck was not on their side as the Nashville Predators took a six-minute stretch to take the lead and never let down from there. On today's show, where we're gonna we are gonna talk about the loss and we're gonna prepare for Friday's trade deadline on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, March 3rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're to our team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the YouTube channel Locked On Panthers and send in your five-star rating to whichever podcast app you listen to, Locked On Panthers, and your, your subscription to the YouTube channel to me at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter or email it to me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Chicago Blackhawks game on March 10th. Best of luck, everybody. So the Florida Panthers, this was an opportunity for them to just pick up kind of where they left off in, on Tuesday night's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which... On paper, when Jacob and I spoke about it on Wednesday, on paper, it seemed that the Florida Panthers should have had the advantage with the various trades that the Nashville Predators made towards the trade deadline. But just a six-minute stretch for the Predators was the difference in, in this one. And the Florida Panthers just controlled play for the rest of the way and just Puck luck wasn't on their side uh, for, for this one tonight, but it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show, which means Nick Fairbanks is back on this Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, two rough shows in a row, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of feel I'm a little emotional right now, but I'm trying to come back to reality and put myself in check just because like we kind of in a way kind of knew this was going to happen like it it was too good to be true you we we didn't believe what was going to happen against Tampa Bay and they they look wonderful they look great and then to come in here with a depleted Nashville Predators team not even playing their number one goalie I think that pretty much sums up this season to be honest with you so um other than that I'm glad to be back. So thank you. <laughs> great, great opening statement by, by you, my friend, because you just never know what you're going to get out of this team night in and night out. You, you think about all the big wins of the season. You, you talk about Boston, Carolina, right before Thanksgiving, Tampa Bay on, on Tuesday night and all. And you, you think of the, amount of trades that they made. I mean, we were even saying it yesterday. I mean, I said no excuses in our chat saying when Mikel Granlin got traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins 
And, you know, we spoke about Matias Alcom going to Edmonton and and all. And just no Philip Forsberg again. Mm-mm. Neither. Roman Yossi is still a problem. He got two assists on the night, too. And just uh, the amount of times that the Panthers were having one and dones, missing the net, every time they, they attempted to dump and chase the Nashville Predators were there to d- defend it uh, and win the board battle to exit the zone too and really it was it, it was it was a fir- it was the first period that lost this uh this game for the Panthers and it, it's not just by the 2-0 score but what happened no. in between of controlling the puck and getting and not getting it on, on the tape, too, and, of course, missing the net. Nashville played a very simplified, straightforward game. They clogged the neutral zone. They clogged uh, any of the passing routes or lanes, and they blocked a ton of shots. I mean, outside of Florida not hitting the net at all um, and just trying to play the dub and chase game, they, they had no chance. Um, you know, Nashville played your typical, you know, New Jersey Devil uh, you know, 1990s, early 2000s style of game where we're going to play boring, we're going to play simple, we're going to make sure we defend and uh, make sure you guys take turn the puck over and we'll score off of those turnovers and look what happened. So, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to overcome that when a team really has nothing to lose, but they play the right way. And, you know, Florida, for whatever reason, just couldn't really adapt. They didn't seem like they were overly impressed or overly wanting to play tonight. I mean, um, first period, lost in the game. They didn't look inspired whatsoever. They probably got ripped in the intermission by Paul Maurice or the coaching staff or whoever decided to stand up. They looked better in the second period, and then third period was just more of the same, like, hey, we have some chances, but Nashville is just going to continue and continue and continue to just defend and you know, just make sure the house is protected. And unfortunately, Florida never really had a chance. Yeah, and and we we spoke about we spoke about the dump and chase taking away the neutral zone. And I said this as as I was as the first period ended that the stall the stall line can't be your best line. They've been the best I, line I for care. a while. I, I don't care if there's no Sam Bennett. I don't mm-hmm. care if there's no Sasha Barkoff there. They Paul Maurice, uh, I, I noticed that he started the game with that line, an yes. opening faceoff based on, you know, rewarding them for how they played against Tampa Bay. But that cannot be your best line um, go, when you when you when you are putting this team out on the ice. Yes, I know Lindell struggled. I I, I know uh, I know that sometimes that Verhage can be a little cold here and there. I know he has 30 goals, but still, that stall line cannot be your best line on the ice. No, um, and what's really worrying recently is that they've been the best line. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, they're the best line against Tampa. They're ones that were really dictating the play, really actually going in and winning board battles. Um, you know, they just they made that game go, and then finally, you know, the first line kind of put some things together. Lundell scored. But outside of that line, 
it, there was nothing going on tonight. Um, Duclair, I thought, looked really good for maybe his third game back. He mm-hmm. was flying. He was creating chances, which I'm really happy to see. I honestly didn't know if he was going to be timid coming back, you know, with that whole mentality thing of coming back from a major injury like that. But um, it just seemed like that line, the stall line, and Verhage, uh played well tonight, just couldn't score. And um, Duclair were just the top players. Um Bob played really well tonight in spots that he needed to. Uh, had he not made those three saves before the Panthers um, scored their first goal or their only goal tonight, it could have been a way different game. So, um, again, he's playing well and he's giving them a chance to win. The team just needs to find a way to grind it out or, you know, as Paul Marie says, or they need to start really taking it to other teams and play the transition game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely wasn't there when with uh with passes um with pucks constantly broken up. I mean, you think about it, only only one penalty called in in the game, which was a fairly clean game. I wasn't really looking at anything and there wasn't really anything complaint worthy in, in this game about really call uh, re- really calls, but you think about score the Predators scoring on the power play like 7 seconds in uh, mm-hmm. Roman Yossi was driving to the net and it was going to be a delayed call anyway uh, right right before uh, John Leonard who was called up after Granlund was traded he was a call up and he scores so put, pour, pouring some salt into the wound and the Panthers just uh, you know the the, the five on five anal- analytics look good in their favor uh, but with with the amount of possession time and the amount of shots they put up in their last three games alone, 50 in, in the in, in again, 55 against Anaheim, 50 against Buffalo, 41 against Tampa Bay. But the difference in this one was the bodies in front, too. Mm-hmm. And and Sam Reinhart, I, I I have to I have to put a little bit of blame on him uh, in this one, mm-hmm. too. Many chance there was twice in twice in like a minute span where he had a grade A chance right in front, doesn't even doesn't even give Lankinen a chance to make a save. He's been snake bitten uh, recently, and um, you know you have to wonder what's going on. I mean, I know he goes through cold spells and everything, but this is usually the time. Even last season, where he was, he was you know one of the shining players. He would help get the team through, or he'd score a pivotal goal to get the team turn around. And it's not the case this season. Um, and you have to kind of wonder with the chatter going around, possibly of his name floating around, uh, being linked to possible trades tomorrow, uh, which we'll get into later. Um, you have to wonder if that's weighing on him a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to come in, you have to do your work, and you have to, you know, put your best foot forward. And unfortunately, the first line hasn't been the first line. And people that have needed to come to play to really put the team in the best position possible haven't been there. Certainly have not, but but yeah, it, it, it certainly has not for this team, and it the the team only falls behind a little bit more after after tonight's two to one loss against the Nashville Predators. We're going to discuss more of this game in segment number two. Uh, look around the league, and and just continue to talk about what the Panthers do at the upcoming trade deadline. But first, we're going to tell you all about. Built Bar, and we got a delicious treat. But look, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want to sacrifice all the all the taste? Then you gotta 
try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covering 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get yours at a local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Segment number two here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are coming off a two to one loss against the Nashville Predators at home. So, Nick, mm-hmm. it's funny because I hate using puck luck as a as an excuse <laughs> for the Panthers, but you know the times that they did get their their chances really in the second period was really their 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 chances were coming on the rush something that was eliminated in 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 the first period for for the Panthers because they were seeing that the dump and, dump and chase game was not going well for them and listen if your GMs around the league or even Bill Zito when you look at how that goal was created it was created by Radko Gudis yes. in the, in the Panthers in the Panthers zone a bump a bump that how that helps cause the turnover and then off to the races on, on a three on one with Ryan Lomberg and Brandon Montour score um, before the Panthers score o- outside of that pa- pa- Panthers had multiple rushes after that, a, a good sequence um, in, in the, in the, in the second period. And even in the third period, the Nashville Predators didn't get their first shot on goal until 13 minutes in neither. And they were playing the trap game uh, too for, for, for them. But if you're GMs around the NHL, you got to be looking at that and saying, hmm, maybe this is a guy that I could add to my team at the trade deadline. Or if you're Bill Zito, you're thinking, maybe this is a guy that I can still see as part of a, of a run. But honestly, with this loss, I don't know how this team makes a run. I really don't know. They haven't shown it all season. You know, let's be honest, you know, they're not consistent. The only consistent thing that they are is inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that the Chicago Blackhawks have put up more three wins, like three um, win, three game winning streaks. And I think Florida's only had one Mm -hmm. uh, says, says a lot. And they're legit a lottery team. They are selling everybody like everybody. Max Um, Domi just got traded. Yeah. If you put it, I swear, whoever scored tonight for them is probably going to get traded tomorrow. That's how. That's how badly they want to get Bedard. Um, but I would love to keep Radko, to be honest with you. I think for all his faults and everything, he's been a very positive mainstay on the back, um, you know, on the back uh, six. Um, you know, he can, he plays well with Josh Mahura. He's played well with anybody who he's played with. And he's a physical presence. I know he's getting up there, so he's not going to fight. I mean, he's never really been a fighter, but he's still that factor um that can really change the the complexity of a game um and you know if you know the panthers end up letting him go um they got to find a way to replace him and that's going to be a tough ask i mean are you going to go get a veteran you can look for somebody like luke shen in the offseason or is luke shen going to sign with toronto 
Um, just a lot of questions and a lot of things you got to fill, um, you know, if you start trading some guys. And I'm just glad I'm not in Bill Zito's uh, seat right now. Yeah, because, you know, with the, of course, a few things differently that that we probably would have done, of course, is the Ben Schrott deal. But and and this year, this year, the you know who's the version of the Florida Panthers this year? It's the New York Rangers with getting Tarasenko oh. and Patrick Kane with how they're loading up. Now, of course, the Rangers acquired two forwards while the Panthers acquired a forward and a defenseman last year in Drew and Sherratt. So, but as far as loading up, that's where I'm getting at here. Okay. So, and you know. We knew that when those trades happened, that the Florida Panthers had an opportunity to fall flat on their face after. Oh, yeah. And now mm -hmm. here we are. One trade deadline later, just over 12 hours now, mm -hmm. Panthers are one of only three teams to not make a move. Florida, Anaheim, which is a surprise because uh, I thought John Klimberg would have been traded already. Maybe some retained salary has a lot to do with it. And the Calgary Flames, which... Calgary Flames are fighting for their playoff lives too. It's crazy. The Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers, two teams involved in the biggest blockbuster trade in the offseason, have still not made a move as of now. I mean, maybe they mm. did in the middle of the game, but I haven't checked uh, recently. But as of now, they haven't made a move. Well, you have to think that maybe one team might have a little bit of buyer's remorse, just a little. And then the other one is just, again, they are – reaping what they sowed last uh, season. You know, they, Bill Zito went for it, which 100% should have yes. done. I mean, when you have a chance at a cup and to go far in the playoffs, you got to do everything you can to put that team in position to accomplish that. If he would have done nothing, or maybe he would have just gotten Giroux and not a defender, I guarantee you some of the fans would not be very happy with him at all. Um, you can say what you want, what he gave up for Sherratt, he had to do it. You know, um, I understand that trades this year are not, you know, some of them are very lopsided. I mean, we're not going to talk about Tampa's <laughs> trade um, of five picks for that guy for, uh, was it? Um, Jeanneau. Jeanneau. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you just, there, there's no way that they can make a move right now unless they are just going to get rid of somebody uh, for a mid pick. And it just doesn't make sense to do that. Um, they knew that this year was going to be a write-off. So why are you going to get rid of some assets that you know could bounce back next year and that the team will take a step forward next year, especially with more cap space, um, possibly some trades this offseason. Um, so, I mean, as annoying as it is, and it's like, as a fan, watching all these teams make these moves, you're like you're seeing Toronto, New York, and Boston load up. Like, it's awesome for the game. Like, this is better than the NBA trade deadline. I mean, that's one of the big talking points right now. But this is what was the plan. Like, we're standing pat. There's no reason to rush something and, you know, I guess, like, get rid of the future or, like, ruin the future. Sacrifice one season to have many seasons of success after this. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because I know while we're going through it, and with the <laughs> roster crunch and the cap crunch, it's also very easy to point at the coach. And listen, I haven't been – I'm I'm not going to pretend like a, I'm a Palmery stan, neither. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that. But I, I do – but 
I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say after one season that he is as good as toast. If the Panthers were at like 10 points out at this point at this moment in time at the trade deadline, we're likely talking about a different story. But maybe like 10 or 15 games, kind of like how Gerard Gallant was into the 2017 uh yeah. season. That might be that might be a, a different look to see, hey, what can you do with this improved roster that at least we hope mm-hmm. with more cat space, the Bobrovsky contract isn't as big of an anchor because let's face it, he's gonna stay here for at least one more year. So Yeah, well, yeah, considering what's going on right now, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, I, I just I, I just can't sit here every single day. I know the fans on I know Panther fans on Twitter are just screaming for him to be let go. But I, I just can't sit here after 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 that and just scream scream into this microphone to to, <laughs> to just let him go right then and there after the circumstances were going to be difficult to begin with roster wise. Yeah, I mean. Zito said it. They knew that this year was going to be rough and that they had to just get through it. Uh, they had to get through it with minimal damage. And, you know, that's talking about injuries, major injuries to, you know, the core or the players that they want to be here long term. And then secondly, you know, you have to think about the mentality of the team as well. You know, was this season going to, you know, break them, you know, as, you know, a collective group? Um, and sometimes you may think like tonight, I don't think they had it with them. I don't think that they were very interested, um, you know, especially watching that first period. But then you see them come out in the second period and really care and really start to, like, pull things together. This team hasn't given up. They know that the playoffs are right there, but it just – it's not being consistent that's holding them back. Like, why can't you do this for a couple games at a time or just know that you guys have this ability? And it just – they can't put it together right now. So, um, hopefully next season coming into – um, you know, a roster that's healthy, you know, hopefully Barkov's going to be fully healed from whatever's ailing him right now. Uh, hopefully Bob won't be, you know, hurt. Uh, hopefully we'll see Spencer Knight back in some fashion. Maybe, he, you know, he'll be able to get over or get healed from what's ailing him. And then, you know, hopefully we have some new defenders on the back, uh, you know, six, just because I don't know who we're going to keep, you know. Um, Ekblad's probably going to stay. Um, I have my opinions about that. Forsling's definitely going to stay. Montour's going to stay. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Gudis. Stahl's not coming back, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. unless he signs, like, again, a league minimum. Mahura um, got extended. Mahura got extended. And, you know, I haven't been too, you know, disappointed with uh, Fitzpatrick. Or, um, Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah, Fitzgerald. I'm sorry. Uh, Fitzgerald. And, you know, just if he's not making any mistakes, you're not making any loud plays or whatever, then usually you're playing good defense. So, um, you, we'll just have to see what happens this summer um, to really see like what the plans are. And I, I do believe Zito's got some things, you know, that he wants to do. Mm. And you know what, when, when, when the draft does come and go in, in 2023, you're one step closer to <laughs> your first round pick again, which isn't until 2026. I understand that. Yeah. You're one year closer to regaining those assets back. <laughs> in order to make to make a move to bring someone who is under under contract so that that that's a little bit of the bright side of, of that i know it's hard to realize it now after a loss that 
that that hold holds you back a little bit but that that's kind of like how how i'm starting to see it but it we're going to transition over to segment number three where we're going to discuss the the scoreboard watch around the wild card race for the panthers and we're we're just gonna prepare for saturday as the panthers will play yet another swing game in, in, with 19 games left on the season but first we're gonna tell you all about indeed and no matter how the last game went anytime you take the field you got a shot at greatness give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more mvps with indeed if you're hiring you need you need indeed because indeed is the hiring partner where you can get attract interview and hire all in one place and indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications to meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay Indeed partners with you in every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessment and Virtual Interviews. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent according to Comscore. Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post with at Indeed.com slash on. Valid offer through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NHL trade deadline is Friday, March 3rd. Uh, join us live on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. as Locked On NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And just this was this was a this was a big game, not as far as swing games, Nick, but as far as the scoreboard watch for the Panthers as well. You know, you get one point closer, uh, which the Islanders were the only team that were idle tonight. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh wins in overtime against Tampa Bay. Boston mm-hmm. destroys Buffalo seven to one. Ottawa in uh, in Patrick Kane's New York Rangers debut goes in and beats the New York Rangers four four to three, and I believe Detroit won. I, I they I lost in overtime. Oh, they they lost. Uh, they lost to Seattle <laughs> in overtime, so they get a point. Yeah. So and they traded Tyler Bertuzzi uh, to the Boston Bruins too. Uh, yeah. After being swept in a back to back against the Ottawa Senators, and. The Ottawa Senators made a big trade just the other day, yes, bringing in Jacob Chikrin from the Arizona Coyotes. This is this had been a story brewing for a season and a half now. Sat out for trade-related reasons. They had to get rid of him. They, there was no way that he was going to go through that trade deadline and come back into that locker room. And the Arizona Coyotes got greedy. And look what happened. An underwhelming return. And now on the Ottawa Senators... You have a Kachuk and a Chikrin. (laughs) It's funny because on the Florida Panthers side, you have a Kachuk, but also a Chikrin, but not on the team. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. But but uh, with 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 this with with these moves happening, of course, with the with the wild card race, of course, Bo Horvat with him being on the Islanders, Islanders even without Matt Barzell, he's helping that team stay afloat along with of course great goaltending and Elias Sorokin but man even if the Ottawa Senators don't make the postseason they're set up so well it, it this isn't a move just for this year uh 
but if they but if they do make it, it's it's one hell of a bonus for them because they didn't give up much for Debrinket. He he hasn't even gotten a new contract yet. I I think what's holding him back is what's going to go on with their new ownership. But the fact that they didn't pay a hefty price for Jacob Chikrin too, and they and they 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 had negotiations in the off season too, the the Senators and the and the Coyotes too. So this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't the first time they've talked. So I still think it's going to be Penguins Islanders uh, as of as of right now. That that's going to be your two wild card teams in the Eastern Conference, unless I unless Florida just goes absolutely bananas, but only one three game winning streak. No, I, I'm not seeing it. No, and um, the only thing that's going to hold Ottawa back, uh, in my opinion, right now is goaltending. Uh, they have till tomorrow to address it. Um, I don't think Cam Talbot's going to be the answer. He's been a um, journeyman throughout his career. Um, and I don't – like, who else do they have up there? They have um, – Anton Forsberg hurt right now. They they did yeah. bring some rookie up. Um, his, his name's uh, Mad Sogard. He got uh, rookie of the month, I believe. In yeah, he like won all his games, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're on a hot – you know, they're getting hot at the right time. Um, and, you know, the owner or not the owner, but the GM Dorian is basically keeping his word to Claude Giroux, basically saying, like, we are going to get some extra players in here to help push uh, just because we know that we need more of uh, caliber players like you. And, you know, Jacob Chikrin is one of those players. Now, it's very interesting to me to see that Jonathan Quick was moved off of the playoff team moved to Columbus and then Columbus flipped him to Vegas. Makes me wonder if there's going to be another goalie that's going to go that same way, but it's going to be really quick tomorrow. Um, I would, I would look for (laughs) who would be available. Um, You know, I thought it was interesting that Saros didn't play tonight, but I don't think he's really on the block. I think they're going to try and build a little bit more around him. Um, I just I can't think of another goaltender that would probably go up there and fix their problems. But um, they, they're as you said, they're just they're set up really well. And hopefully, you know, for them, they can make a push here, make the playoffs, and then they can extend that into the next season. Um, obviously, not for Florida's sake, but um, you know, it, it would be just it would be a fun, good story. Um, you know, going from where they were under their previous owner who had passed under uh you know dorian now who's kind of like been freed from that uh able to make moves and spend a little bit of money uh to turn this team around sorry uh mike was <laughs> muted there but yeah uh there's a reason why uh certain certain uh certain uh gms uh w- when it comes to uh negotiating um i, I when the arizona coyotes were negotiating with the pittsburgh penguins about about uh jacob chikrin they wanted to get their 2025 and 26 first round picks. What, 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 why? Because those would be the end of Crosby and Malkin's contracts. Huh. So they were trying to fool Pittsburgh in, in those picks being high by the time their arena gets built. But Ron Hextall was not having any of that. No, no, no way he was going to have any of that and, and saying, no, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to trade this much of, of futures when they're going to need those picks. Assuming that Crosby and Malkin leave, I'm not sure if Latang plays the rest of his con. He has a six year deal. So yeah. it, it's just, it, 
they, they got bit. That's for sure. Well, at least he's smart enough not to give away those picks yet. He'll give up a third rounder for Grandlin, who can't score really that much anymore. He's a good defender, and he's also making five million bucks. Um, not the smartest move, but you know maybe he just needed somebody else to come in and play some defense and really help the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, shut it down from uh, game to game. But um, yeah, I think the Coyotes held on to Chicken a little bit too long. I think they could have gotten a King's ransom for him if they let him go a little bit sooner. But I think the telltale sign is when LA decided not to pull the trigger, and yeah, then uh, all the and then and then all the other teams went in and got their defensemen and just basically left Arizona like out of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spoke about earlier about Matias Ekholm, even though Ekholm's style of play probably fits Edmonton more because they don't need a puck moving defenseman. They need they need defensemen who could protect the house. Yes, too. correct, and. and Crazy how a trade deadline I saw a post from Puck Empire about three players who were moved that were with a team for over a decade and they were moved in this trade deadline. Jonathan Quick, Patrick Kane, Matias Ekholm. And now Jonathan Quick is on the Vegas Golden Knights. I know he's not the same goalie from 2012 and 14, but you talk about with Robin Leonard not playing this season, Laurent Bressois hurt as well. This could be this could be a boost for Vegas as uh as they are currently leading the Pacific division. They are. And guess who is just behind them? The Los Angeles Kings. Wouldn't that be something if they played each other in the playoffs and you see him start for Vegas, <laughs> you don't think he won't be amped up ready. For oh that? yeah, he will. I mean, talk about like the, he, I think played the last game and he was on the flight home with the team and he gets the phone call or he finds out, Ah, man, like that, that's just, come on. Like you couldn't wait until like the team landed or whatever to like let a, let a guy know. But I don't know. I, I can understand that Columbus is like, Hey, I want to get this done now. I let's, let's let go of Corpus Allo And um, who was the other guy? The defenseman, Gabrikov. Yeah. They wanted to get it done. I think they needed a defenseman. And um, unfortunately quick was the, um, the man, odd man out on that one. And to me, you don't, you don't treat a player like that. Yeah, um, you know, especially a guy who basically, almost basically, in my opinion, carried you to two cups. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, so yeah, just a crazy deadline to to say the least. And gotta give uh, credit to the Columbus Blue Jacker, get Jackets uh, Twitter for that post saying uh, saying no miss uh, Jonathan Quick, even though it was a quick uh, tenure. So <laughs> so really funny post from the Blue Jackets on on that one, but. Uh, Nick, uh, I want to thank you so much for jumping on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It wasn't a pretty, um, pretty one for for the Panthers. They were just over twelve hours from the trade deadline as of this recording at ten forty four p.m. Eastern on a Thursday night. But uh, tell everybody where they can follow you online. Thanks for having me on, Armando. Uh, again, it's been a tough last two couple shows. I think we kind of uh, had the. Uh, uh what what do you want to call it the um <laughs> we basically had the obituary written for the team or for the season last week and now had our hopes up after tampa and now coming in tonight and laying an egg like they did uh hasn't been fun but it's always great to talk with you and uh go over the panthers uh everybody can follow me at prudentia zero um i did put out a tweet saying hey you know talking about the whole situation with bill zito and stuff like that go ahead and read it comment on it and uh let me know what you think 
And, uh, you know, I can't wait to be back next Thursday. Hopefully we got uh, some extra moves or some exciting news to go over. Definitely. And I hope I hope we're definitely uh, there to uh, hopefully maybe the Panthers go on a run. Maybe we'll be talking about them selling. Who knows what we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about then. But, Nick, thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Thank you. See you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steve Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski gives you a 30-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene. Follow Locked On for podcast. So I'm Ramon Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Yeah, as part of the Locked On podcast team. Every day.